It all starts with the local church, God's plan to reach all people, all cultures, all places with the amazing grace of the good news begins right here at the local church. You know, we've gone through a pretty rough year this last year. And our eyes, of course, have been drawn in close as we're trying to navigate how to work online and how to deal with kids at home and all the other stresses we've had. Uh, Stay-at-home orders, switching our lives to virtual. Uh, But during Missions Week, we have the opportunity to look up from the pressing things around us and to cast our gaze to the very ends of the earth because that's where God's eyes are. During Missions Week, we get to refocus and recalibrate our expectations and our desires and our hearts and our prayer lives with that which God directs us in his word. You all know the familiar verse, probably the most familiar verse in the entire Bible. For God so loved who? For God so loved the world. God's focus has never been just in the nearby areas. It's always been for the entire world. So we're going to direct our gaze from the urgent concerns close to home and remember that God loves the entire world. Every tribe and tongue, every culture, every skin color, every climate, every level of development. It was true when our ancestors first heard the gospel, and it's true now as the gospel continues to make inroads in the frontiers of the world because God so loved the entire world. And God's love for the world wasn't just an emotion. It wasn't just a a warm feeling of good regard. That's not what, what the Bible means when it talks about God's love for the world. Uh, God's love for the world was expressed at a tremendous cost, the sacrifice of his only son. He gave his only begotten son. This is the heart of the gospel, that Jesus died for the sins of the world. And Jesus Christ remains the answer to every human need. Jesus is the one who not only redeems us, but fills that need to be loved for eternity, to give us significance and meaning in life, and to usher us in to life eternal. Last week, Ricky reminded us of the story in Antioch in the ancient church where uh, Paul and Barnabas were set aside for missions. And that local church began the tradition that carries on even today. The local church is the natural sending unit for missions. And uh, as a a local church, a small little town like Kingsburg, we have our place in God's great plan for the salvation, not just of people here in Kingsburg, but for the ends of the earth. God continues to use his local church as the basic unit to accomplish the goal of the salvation of the entire world. It's great to be back here in the pulpit at KCC after almost two years In the interim, that first year after I retired, uh, we felt like it was a good idea to have a break uh, from KCC, visit other places. We visited a lot of different other churches. We traveled uh, many places in the world. And I may be a little biased here, but KCC is a great church, and we couldn't wait to get back, in part because of this church's love for missions. 
I love to hear it last week when I heard Pastor Ricky say that missions is part of the DNA of this church. It's part of the design. It's part of the fabric. It's not just a program. It's part of who we are. And I want you to have tremendous joy in the fact that KCC is not just praying for and supporting global missions. KCC is doing missions at a very high level, effectively, strategically, and hopefully. I've heard this repeatedly from missionaries who love to come and visit, and they take me aside afterward and say, you know what, we just feel at home here. We love coming to visit your church. Uh, And from other pastors and uh, uh, mission professionals, coordinators who ask about our mission program, and when I describe it, they say, wow, that's really amazing what you're doing there. Did you know that we have a great strategy for global missions at KCC? I'm going to take just a little bit of your time today to review uh, a list of our our missionaries. You're going to get to know some of our missionaries, but you're also going to get to uh, go a little deeper into the strategy for missions that we're employing here in KCC and that you're a part of with your prayers and your financial participation and uh, even... uh, You might even become a part of a short-term team and go on a mission experience, or you might be called at some point to go to the mission field for a life career as a cross-cultural overseas missionary. Jesus told his followers that they would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. We use this... uh, geographical sense uh, to map out or to organize our missionaries. Jerusalem and Judea represent our backyard, uh, those areas close to us. And then uh, Samaria is a little farther away, the, the, the near far, I call it. And then there's the far, far, that's the end of the earth. Uh, So uh, if you take a look at the the first slide, the first picture, uh, here's a representation of those things that we support in reaching out with the word of the gospel in our backyard, in Jerusalem and Judea. There's, of course, CAPS and London CAPS and Traver CAPS, our local ministry to those who are in need in our communities, taking care of our own. The Pregnancy Care Center, We heard from the Pregnancy Care Center, our women did on Monday night. My wife is a volunteer, Kendra's a volunteer there. Uh, 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 Kelly is a staff person, a director of nurses there. So we're deep into Pregnancy Care Center because women uh, who are experiencing pregnancy and particularly ones who are going through it alone need the word of the gospel and the love of God to go through with their pregnancies and to bring a beautiful baby into the world. We support Open Gate, which is just uh, the town over in Dinuba. This is a shelter for women and children and families uh, who are finding themselves homeless or uh, in need of shelter. Uh, I also included on this page, uh, they don't really fit, but they don't really fit anywhere, uh, are two two of our U.S.-based missionaries, Linda McDonnell is an admin with a group called Rain Ministries that sends young people out for extended short-term missions, uh, experiences around the world, so they can uh, uh, firsthand experience what it's like to be on the mission field. Linda is based here in the States and does the admin work for that. Jim Rummelhart, uh, our longest missionary that we've supported, um, 
is with Athletes in Action. And again, he's based here in the U.S., but he takes teams out uh, with a witness through athletics, through team sports in many countries that welcome that competition. Uh, he's an athletic trainer. He brings his own uh, uh, development, his own expertise, uh, and he interacts with those athletic trainers from other nations, and they're able to share the gospel there. So that's Jerusalem and Judea. In Samaria, our second picture, uh, Samaria represents the reached world. So there is a vibrant Christian uh, mission, uh, presence or ministry within those nations. But these are areas where Christianity, though widespread, um, and where Christians, uh, there are many Christians there, those Christians need our help if they're going to reach their people groups or people groups in their nation. So you see from the top right, Paul and Margie Varberg in the Philippines, many Christians in the Philippines, but they're uh, reaching out to the Warai people, which is one tribal group there in the Philippines. Uh, Don Rogers in the LI, actually uh, the, across the bottom are three uh, African missionary groups. Don Rogers, ELI in Africa, uh, empowering lives in Kenya. Kenya is a reached uh, country, and yet they're resource poor. And so uh, Don and his group bring resources for uh, orphan children, for skills in order to uh, earn a living, that sort of thing. William and Michelle Kiprop with Hope Matters in Kenya. This is a health-based a hospital and a clinic in rural Kenya, about an hour from the nearest hospital in town. Uh, and they bring those medical resources that we have in abundance here in the U.S., but they don't have in rural Kenya. Julie Boyd with The Living Room. She's the founder of the very first hospice ministry and hospital in all of Kenya. Brings an expertise uh, that, that they don't, just don't have in Kenya. Then um, in the upper left, you see our Pastor Arnaldo Parra in Mexicali. He's a pastor there in Mexicali and a good friend of ours. Now, Mexico, of course, is a Christian country, but yet there are many, many people in need, especially in the border town of Mexicali. And so we support um, Arnaldo, and we've been going down to partner with him. Uh, uh, our youth groups have and, and our building groups have for many, many years. Walter Vega is in Paraguay. Walter, the one missionary I couldn't find a picture for, um, <clears throat> Walter uh, can reach people in Paraguay because Paraguayan, uh, and he does prison ministry in some of the most difficult prisons in the entire world there in Paraguay. The last four pictures um, uh, or photos that you see in the picture are in Europe. And this is, again, uh, is this really a reached place or is it an unreached place? Well, it was reached. In fact, Europe used to be the center of Christianity for almost two millennia. But now there are more unbelievers than anything else. And it's become again an unreached mission field. So Carol Britton is in Brussels. Stephen and Joy Johnston are in Paris. And of course, uh, we have our friends in the Czech Republic. We do English camp with them, although we're currently not supporting a full-time missionary there in the Czech Republic. The final slide represents the ends of the earth. This is where the gospel has not yet penetrated. So you'll see Soapy Loon and Jeff and Courtney Hogue, they're in Cambodia. In Cambodia, the gospel is growing but still, only four people out of 100 are followers of Christ. 
So it's very, very easy for someone, especially in the rural villages where Soapy Loon does ministry and plants churches, it's very easy for people to go through their entire life, uh, birth, life, and death, without ever really meeting a serious Christian and having a discussion about what the gospel entails. So they're there in Cambodia. Michael and Sarah Johnson. Michael will be sharing with the men at a barbecue in uh, April. Um, he's, uh, and as well as our missionaries, Earl and Kathy Hartwig are in Papua New Guinea. Now, it's interesting because both of these couples do support um, ministry for other ministries. So Michael and Sarah are school teachers um, in order that those Bible translators in Papua New Guinea can have their children educated. Earl and Kathy. Earl is a construction supervisor for the Nazarene Hospital up in the tribal mountain areas in Papua New Guinea. Um, going around the circle, you see Chris and Carolyn Jackson. They're in Cameroon. And although Cameroon is 50% uh, Christian, Carolyn especially focuses on working with the semi-nomadic uh, tribal people who are Muslim and often are persecuted, often uh, subject to violence. They're not necessarily liked by the natives of the countries that they live in. And she's working on literacy and specifically bringing the Bible uh, to uh, the tribe's people in Cameroon. Sean and Lisa, I won't tell you their last name, they live in a Muslim country in the Middle East. Um, and then I have two maps uh, because we really can't show you pictures. We don't want to show you pictures or tell you the names of our last two missionaries. Uh, one couple is in Laos, uh, which is a communist country. And on the uh, online. I don't want to say the name of our missionaries. I don't even want to say the first name because if the government were to find out, they would be expelled from the country. And uh, our other missionary couple is in Southeast Asia, and they're right at the border where uh, the Muslim part of the country is, and there's uh, quite a bit of sectarian violence that happens there, and they're working on Christian peacemaking partnering with like-minded Muslims in that area, and it would be dangerous for them to be identified as full-time missionaries. Um, so we have this strategy to look to Jerusalem and Judea, to Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. But our uh, strategy uh, focuses on the ends of the earth. You see, our eyes are naturally drawn in closer to us. So we're Naturally, we're up to date with what our kids are doing or what our family's doing. We're, we're focused on what's going on in our communities, what's going on in our households. Um, and if we don't specifically give energy to focusing outward, uh, we often forget what is important for what is urgent. So we respond to the urgent needs that might be close to us here in Kingsburg, and yet the important need is for the lost at the ends of the earth. And so uh, we try here at KCC to intentionally focus on the ends of the earth. It takes conscious effort, but it's vital because most missionary dollars from the United States, most missionaries from the United States go to areas that are already reached for the gospel. And there's important work to do there, especially under-resourced uh, areas, but at the same time, the hardest fields 
are those fields that are at the ends of the earth, that are beyond the reach of the gospel. So it takes discipline, it takes focus, and we're uh, trying to keep our eyes on the ends of the earth. The next thing we're trying to do is to build partnerships rather than pipelines. The old model of the local church involvement in missions was that we were a pipeline. So we took a missions offering and we sent that money overseas to deepest, darkest Peru, wherever. Um, And that was the idea that we were a pipeline, a one-way pipeline to the mission field. Um, We find that we would rather build partnerships a give and take where we are deeply committed to cross-cultural friendships and partnerships through short-term mission experiences. So um, we don't even have a professional missionary in the Czech Republic, and yet we have teams that go there until COVID hit uh, every year to do an English camp. And there are deep friendships that we form with the people in the Czech Republic. Um, which is unreached again. It, most of the people who go to English camp are not Christian believers. Um, same thing in Kenya. We often send people to Kenya in order to work with our missionaries there to experience that culture and to, uh, share the gospel there. In Mexicali, um, a couple of times a year, people from our church go down to uh, live in fellowship with the paras, worship with them, but also to do, do good things there for our neighbors to the south um, who are resource, resource poor. So uh, it's our intention to try to build partnerships cross-culturally, not just pipelines. It's also our strategy to, um, I, I call this fewer, deeper, longer, and wiser. We're trying to, we're trying to, uh, to, to shift subtly uh, the way that we do mission support and missionary support. Uh, we're trying to focus on larger financial commitments to fewer missionaries. Uh, we have lots and lots of missionaries. Um, what, what we're trying to do is rather than adding more missionaries, Uh, as we're having missionaries leave the field rather than replace them. What we're trying to do is increase the monthly support that we do to our other missionaries. So our missionaries have less of a burden in doing financial fundraising, and they can focus on their missionary activity instead. As well, as Jesus said, where your treasure lies, there lies your heart as well. The more we invest in our missionaries, the more our concerns, our prayers, our hearts will be with them. We're also trying to uh, transition from U.S.-based personnel to overseas-based personnel and from U.S. missionaries to as much as possible empowering nationals to reach their own people. There's a wisdom in sending Americans to do those things that Americans, only Americans can do, or Americans are very good at doing. So um, uh, the hospital in Kenya, uh, Hope Matters, it's well run by uh, a nurse practitioner who's an American. She knows what she's doing. She's an effective fundraiser. She's also clinically excellent. Uh, She's very, very good at that. But one of the reasons we like ELI in empowering ministry, that we like Hope Matters in hospital and clinic ministry, that we like living room in hospice ministry, is that all three of those uh, ministries, there are very few Americans. Uh, There are uh, three Americans in Hope Matters and probably 30 Africans that are involved in that ministry. So Africans can reach their own nation. 
Um, there's probably even a greater proportion with ELI. Uh, I don't know how many Westerners they have on their staff, but it's not many. Um, but they have dozens of Africans that uh, accomplish that ministry. So we're trying to focus on those things, those people who are running and doing the administration, the fundraising that only Americans can do, we support them. Um, but we don't wanna be doing things as Americans that nationals can do for themselves. Wisdom is supporting others who can multiply our investment by bringing on board like-minded people who are at home in their own cultures and equipping them to reach their own people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Soapy Loon's an example. Uh, Soapy, his English is difficult. <laughs> He's, it's not great because he doesn't come to the U.S. very often. Usually when he's speaking English, it's in Singapore, and people who speak Singaporean English, they call it Singlish, they're very hard to understand unless, like me, you grew up around Asian accents. Sometimes they're very difficult to understand. Uh, but Sopi grew up, he, he's a Cambodian, so he can reach his people. He was recently elected to be the, the uh, president of his denomination, and as he reluctantly took it, he tried to tell them, please don't, don't do this. I'm, I'm I don't want to be an administrator. I don't want to be in charge of anything. I want to uh, reach out to the villages to bring the gospel to people where the gospel isn't. I want to be a church planter. Um, they agreed that he could continue his church planting as the president of the denomination. Uh, Soapy Loon is going to reach his people for Christ. Uh, Walter knows Paraguay. Uh, you and I might learn Spanish, but we're not going to find ourselves going into the worst prisons in Paraguay, or at least we won't be, feel safe doing it. Walter can go there and bring the news of the gospel. William, um, who is a native Kalenjin, it's actually a, a subculture within Kenya. It's one of the larger ones. They're the runners. They're the, the, you see the Kenyans who um, are always up against the Ethiopians for the uh, Olympic marathons. The, that's running area, the Kalenjin area. And William knows not only Swahili, but he knows Kalenjin as his native tongue. And he can reach his people with his own tongue. And he doesn't make those cultural mistakes that a Westerner would. Uh, direct support of foreign nationals is the next area that we're pushing into. That is where we support those foreign nationals as they reach their own people. Or uh, we have a specific, um, a unique opportunity in Laos because Americans can't get into that country. It's a, it's a closed country. You can't even go there on a tourist visa. They won't let you in. It's a very strict communist country. And yet we have a missionary who's a national of another company, country in Southeast Asia, he can get in. He and his wife can get in as teachers. They're used to the monsoon climate of Southeast Asia. They're used to Asian food. And they're also used to Asian languages. They still have to learn a new language, but it's not as different uh, from their language as English would be. Um, and so uh, we can multiply our efforts by supporting nationals from one country who go to another country that we can't go to. The last strategic initiative that we have is to move from giving, which we do, to going, which we've been doing, 
to sending our own. And that is the dream that we have as we're establishing this fund to send uh, people who will be called from our church to go to the global missions field. Not sure who that's going to be. We don't have anybody in mind, but we're praying that God will raise up a Paul or a Barnabas from our local church and send them to the world. And we want to be prepared. Let's not forget how high the stakes are. Yes, we're a small local church, but the local church is the hope of the world. It's the natural unit of sending the word of the gospel to the ends of the earth. God sent his son that whoever believes in him should not perish. And the stakes are the salvation of the world. The world that God loves and sent his son for depends on our faith and faithfulness. When I was in Kenya a year and a half ago, I was invited to preach twice. And it's interesting, these were both African churches with African pastors. Uh, In both churches, I had someone translating my uh, preaching into Swahili, or maybe it was Kalenjin. I don't know those languages, so I don't know. I think it was Swahili. Um, uh, But African pastors, African worshipers, uh, the only Americans were us or our group of people. And both churches, it was interesting, were building new sanctuaries. So they were growing, they were expanding, and they were building larger sanctuaries. And I noticed that both of them were from the same denomination, and they were on their sign. They had the name of the the church, and then they had the initials A-I-C. And uh, as we were leaving one of the churches, I asked William Kiprop, uh, tell me what what does AIC stand for? I see a lot of churches we drive by and they have these initials AIC. And he said, oh, that stands for Africa Inland Church. And he said, you've heard of Africa Inland Mission, haven't you? And I said, well, yeah, I have, as a matter of fact. He said, well, that's the church that they planted. If you don't know the story of African Uh, Inland Mission. It's one of those miracles of God. Way back in 1895, an American named Peter Cameron Scott of Philadelphia felt a call to the mission field. So he got on board a ship with about 10 other people, and they went to Kenya, which took a long time um, from Philadelphia, but it was called African Inland Mission because their mission was to not just stay along the coast where most missionaries were located, was to push inland, which was uncharted territory and was very dangerous, but to push the gospel farther into the tribal areas, farther from the safety and the transportation at the coast. And so he started this small mission, Africa Inland Mission. Um, After a year and a half of working there in inland Kenya, like uh, All missionaries there, he suffered from malaria, he suffered from other tropical diseases, and about a year and a half after he got there, tragedy struck, he got sick, and he died, although he was a young man. It looked like failure. The leader of this new mission had died and is buried in Africa. But the group of supporters in Philadelphia didn't give up. Eventually, they sent someone to take his place. And now, 125 years later, AIM International is still reaching people in Africa. But Kenya is now among 
the reached nations of the world. And the fruit of the missionaries' effort 50, 100 years ago is that now there is an African denomination named after the missionary, the missionary organization that gave it birth, but it is an African church that is sending missionaries to other tribal areas in Kenya and in Africa. This widespread denomination is the fruit of that small start. What would it have been like to be one of those believers in Philadelphia when you hear that uh, the missionary leader has died in Kenya and they decided they weren't going to give up? They were going to continue to pray, they were going to continue to give, and they were going to continue to send. By the way, in the, the next 10 years, they kept sending missionaries. The missionaries kept dying or getting sick and having to come home. So it took uh, almost uh, 10 years for them to have a stable platform there in Kenya. But they didn't stop. They kept praying, they kept giving, and they kept sending. Faith promise is a way for you to participate in exercising your faith to have that same sort of faith of those people who were praying in Philadelphia. They had no idea that because of their faithfulness, because they didn't just quit and pack it in and say, oh, you know what, it was a good try, but you know, people got sick and they died, and oh, what can we do? And put their hands in their uh, pockets and kind of shuffle their feet and bow their heads and you know, go to the buffet. Uh, they, you know, they weren't going to do that. They weren't going to stop. That after they died, a whole generation after they died, there would be a denomination, self-sustaining, self-supporting, sending missionaries in that part of Kenya that was unreached at that time. Our faith promise is one of the ways that we demonstrate our faith, that God is not done with reaching the ends of the world, that he still cares about the ends of the earth. And even if we're not around to see it, if I'm getting a little older, even if I'm not around to see it, there will be a day when the gospel is within reach of every human being on the planet. We're actually getting really close to that with the advent of satellite internet. I'm very excited about satellite internet because it will allow for people around the world to be impacted by the word of the gospel. Of course, that's not the same as having someone with skin on sharing the gospel with you. What you do when you make a faith promise, you say, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing to the ends of the earth. I don't know how I can do that other than to have faith. So I'm going to pray that you would provide funds through me. You fill out this card, and we'll be collecting them at the end of worship on Sunday, or you can bring it by the office. It's a way we participate in what God is doing around the world. Think of those believers in Philadelphia who refuse to give up. Let's be the same sort of believers. We don't believe that God is going to quit. COVID, no COVID, it uh, doesn't matter what's going on here in the land of wealth and comfort and safety. God cares about the very ends of the earth. Let's care about that as well. Amen. <music> 